night, everybody. Welcome into Concrete Jungle, New York Baseball Podcast. I am Paul Russo. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. Kyle Evans to my right. Uh, expert furniture and moving person. If you ever need to call him, you can find him at Mayflower at NateSharman.com. Nate Sharman producing behind the scenes. Uh, we're coming to you guys live from the FingerWakes1.com studios. Third floor North Park building in Seneca Falls, New York. Um, quick, and I'll do this again at the end of the show, obviously, but quick programming. You know, obviously, no show next Monday. Uh, we will be off for Labor Day, so hopefully everybody enjoys, and that was a fun and safe long weekend there. But no show next Monday. Uh, the plan is to be back next Thursday, but that could shift to possibly Friday. Just kind of depends. We are uh, getting our new studio kind of up and running and stuff like that, so it all kind of depends on how everything falls along that timeline a little bit. Anyway, though, boys, how's the week been so far? Thursday, we're almost to the finish line. Yeah, it's going well. I think this week, to me, went pretty fast. Yeah. Um, just a lot going on. Um, you know, a lot of high school stuff and college stuff starting, so it's been a little busy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, uh, so we uh, coming up on here on Glaber Day, so that means kind of <sighs> kids are back in Brutal. school and back in the <laughs> high school <laughs> sports realm, and Kyle gets a little busier, and... So does a lot of other people. I'll so we all we all get a little Good busier. Time. I'll get a little busier. Good time of year, I like it. I don't know. It's always my least favorite time of year in a way. Summer's exit. Day? Summer's like Day? summer's exiting. October. I don't have I don't have a problem with fall, but like summer's exiting. You know, winter winter winter's right around the corner at this point. Like gotta love October. All four major league sports are on. True. Uh, True. Playoffs. Plus NASCAR. There you go. <laughs> See, so it's a great month. Yeah. So. Uh, plenty to get to today. Um, it's been it, it's been an interesting week of, of baseball, especially for the you know the MLB teams that we cover with the Mets and Yankees. And you know we talked about it on Monday a little bit. You know what 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 is the difference between you know a good team and an average team at this point? And uh, it certainly kind of kept the trend through the week in a way. Um, Let's start with the Mets. You know, they've only played two so far this week. Uh, off day on Monday before the Dodgers came into town. My computer just not wanting to cooperate with me. There we go. Paul Russo versus technology. An ageless battle. Uh, so Tuesday was a 4-3 to three, uh, Met loss to the Dodgers. Uh, Heath Hembry <laughs> picked up the win out of the bullpen. Uh, Sox his, legend. His third on the year. He's 3-0 and on the year. Heath Hembry's 3-0 and on the year with a 6-7-5 ERA. <laughs> Because what is life sometimes? Uh, Yoli Rodriguez picked up the loss, 0-4, a 5-1-70 RA. And then uh, former Met this year, Jake Reed, picked up the save, his first on the year. Taiwan Walker, no decision, 5 and a third, 5 hits, 3 earned, 5 Ks. Starling Marte went 2 for 4, a solo home run in there for him. Mark Hanna went 2, or 1 for 4, rather, with a solo home run. Uh, we'll circle back to this game in a minute because I do want to mention yesterday's game, which was a 2-1 Met victory. Jacob DeGrom picks up the win, 4-1-1-9-8 ERA for him. Tyler Anderson, the loss, 13-3, a 2-6-8 ERA for him. Edwin Diaz picks up the save, his 29th. DeGrom went seven innings, eight hits, two earned the three strikeouts. Sorry, Marte provided the only scoring offense of the day, hitting a two-run home run in the first, going one for four. Francisco Lindor went two for four. So this is where I kind of want to pick up on that trend I started. We you know We discussed a little bit on Monday, and it will uh, kind of be a trend as we look uh, to the Yankees later on a little bit, right? You know, this is an important series for the Mets. This is this the Dodgers are a team that 
obviously they're going to make the postseason, right? They were the first to 90 wins, have the most wins in the MLB. Um, like their magic number at this point is down below the teens, I'm pretty sure, to clinch. Um, this is very well could have been a prelude to a series that we see in a month or a little bit longer than that in October in the postseason. And the Mets, um, you know, I kind of preface it a little bit. I know in the description, I, I kind of put it this way. And look, in baseball, you, you can't win every game. That's expected. That's a thing, right? But, you know, if you're competitive, you know, you'll be in every game. You know, you'll be fighting every pretty much every game, stuff like that. And for the Mets, to me, to split with the Dodgers so far, that's a big plus-plus looking at um, – you know, especially the, the, the month ahead for the Mets. I, I know, Nate, you brought it up on Monday, actually, about how the Mets have – or no, was it you, Kyle? I know one of you guys brought up on Monday that the Mets have uh, one of, if not the easiest schedule in the month of September. Oh, yeah, I did see that yeah. in the New York Post. So, um, look, a series like this, is it, it's big, right? And they have a big rubber match today that we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes as well to kind of really set the table for the rest of the way. And how about Brandon Nimmo's uh, catch in center field last yeah. night? Nate was going crazy in the group chat about it. <laughs> yeah, I got no response. Um, as was, a Mets batter last night, I was, was pretty happy to see uh, Brandon in, Nimmo in my, over the wall. In my defense, it was Big Brother night last night. It was a very big episode of Big Brother. I was busy. Very big episode of Big Brother? Yes. That's huge, funny. huge. But that's a different podcast for a different time. <laughs> anyway, back to you, Kyle. Well, yeah, it was a, it was a great catch. I mean, he kept the, uh, kept the Mets with the lead. Um, and I think if that would have went over the wall, things would have played out differently last night. Mm-hmm. I, the Mets bullpen is, I mean, other than the back end of the pen, to me it's it's not that good. Mm-hmm. So you just don't know what you're going to get if that game ends up tied. Um, so, But what do they do? They found a way. They did what the Yankees have not done. And that's the difference here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the Mets, and we'll touch on this actually in the notes portion of this here in a, in a little bit, is uh, they do have some reinforcements coming for the bullpen anyway. Um yeah, it's interesting, right, because, again, you look at, you know, for instance, yesterday, Jacob deGrom on the bump obviously gets the win, but the only offense really, like I mentioned, was was the Marte two-run home run the first, the only two runs for the Mets yesterday, and deGrom gave up uh, a solo shot, which was, you know, his lone, uh, lone earn run. And it was, look, it, it, it's big, right, because we mentioned, right, <laughs> kind of funny how the world works, how, you know, when deGrom and Sears are on the mound, sometimes that offense, you know, doesn't really give them the run support, but, you know, the other guys, they do. Uh, but, you know, you, you you bring up a good point, right? I mean, the Mets have been a team all year that, at the very least, they, they at least are hanging around and making it difficult for the team that they're playing. Yeah, I did find an interesting stat on Twitter, too, yesterday that I just wanted to read. Mm-hmm. This is in the last two weeks, the Mets have played eight games against title contenders, which was the Braves, Yankees, yeah. Dodgers. They're 2-6. and six. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was kind of interesting that they've been playing, like, postseason teams and they've kind of struggled a little bit yeah I mean yeah I mean it, it is interesting I think um the true I mean it's weird how I, how I talk phrase this way but true indicators I guess here for maybe the stretch run aren't so much you know the past two days and then tomorrow or today rather but like you know I mentioned right you know you need to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat I mean they have the nationals coming up this weekend and then the series right after it's Pittsburgh I mean, those are they're in good shape. You you should take four of six in that at minimum, for sure. In theory, um, but like I said, I mean, it, it, sometimes it's just not the way it breaks, right? You mentioned right six or two and six in those series against the Braves, 
the Yankees and the Dodgers so far. Yep. But out of those games, they never were out of it. I mean, look at Tuesday, right? 4-3, and it was 3-3 in, in the eighth inning mm-hmm. on Tuesday. And obviously, right, you don't want your back end of their bullpen or any part of the bullpen to kind of blow it in that sense. But to that degree, they were in it. And they also were threatening in the ninth to to a point. My question is, why was Jolie Rodriguez pitching in the eighth inning of a tie game when he's been among one of their burst, our worst relievers? Yeah, my only thought is perhaps the usage. I mean, look, there was an off day in between. I, I don't know if they were – trying to stay away from really kind of using, you know, your Trevor Mays and your Seth Lugos all too, too much, you know, but, um, I mean, if, if that's the case, I mean, he's proved it this year that you can do it again. I mean, I, I would have maybe have stuck Edwin out there and just go ahead. I mean, I mean, at this point you're the Mets, you're, you're, you're going to make the postseason one way or another. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is a spot where you do do Edwin in the eighth. I mean, this is, Look, the way the playoffs are now, you, you tend to use those guys in the higher leverage situations as opposed to just outright in the ninth inning. I don't know. Yeah, it was just interesting to me. I know, obviously, guys can't pitch every day, but, I mean, it was a tie game. I just didn't think that was the best option there. Right, right. I, I will say this. I mean, there's more positives in Met land right now than, obviously, Yankee land. Sure. Uh, we're just it, – it, we're we, there the couple spots with the Mets are, are I'd say – not glaring, but, you know, you mentioned, right? I mean, they didn't bolster the bullpen the way that they probably had hoped at the trade deadline. But uh, to that end, you know, they, they do have reinforcements. And, like I said, we'll touch on them in, in a minute. Timmy Trumpet going out for last night for yeah, Edwin Diaz. That was, that was awesome. That's Electric Factory. By the way, I don't, I don't mean to dunk. I mean, I am a Yankee fan. But, like, I don't mean to dunk on the Yankees here when I say this. But, like, how awesome is it that the Mets have Timmy Trumpet and the only time the Yankees have anybody come perform live, it's Paul Simon. <laughs> like yikes. yeah yikes. yeah ouch and i don't get me wrong i like some paul simon i like some simon and garfunkel but like you know i don't get some people going timmy trumpets <laughs> yeah it seemed like everyone was on their feet um just the scene was really cool to see right i mean and sny kept it live throughout the whole thing yep. i wish i could play the video because i have it up and i want to see it yeah, I think we should probably avoid that know, one. It's just so electric. <laughs> I watched it like I I watched it live, and then I think I watched it like four or five more right. times before I went to bed. And what did exactly. he throw? Like a one, two, three, nine pitch, a uh, ninth inning. It yeah. was like nine pitches. Electric, electric. I mean, he. It, it's good to see. I mean, it, we've talked about it a little bit on here, but it's really awesome to see you know Diaz really kind of you know figure it back out a little bit. And because look, this was a guy in CL. I mean, I mean, if it wasn't for the fact he was pinned on the West Coast at the time, I mean. He would have been just as electric yeah, to me in the mainstream as he is now. So, all right, uh, let's uh, discuss some news and notes about the Mets. Uh, third baseman Brett Beatty will have surgery to repair a torn ligament in his thumb uh, and will be out the remainder of the regular season. Play came on uh, a diving technically effort, uh, I guess, would be the proper way to uh, phrase it. Uh there is some question about availability for the postseason. He is eligible to be on the postseason roster uh, just because of the playing time he has had this year. Uh, a lot of it, this will have to do with how well the first few days out of surgery kind of go in terms of recovery. Yeah, so with uh, for that timeline, like with that injury, it normally is five weeks. Yeah. So I would expect he's, you know, ready in the postseason, but you never know. Right. 
And I, I'll mention I'll mention this portion of it now because um, this is going to be pretty big in terms of this. Uh, but you know, utility guy Luis Guillorme, uh, he is going to be returning sooner than anticipated. Yeah, did they just say strategy. where he's going on a rehab assignment? I didn't. Nothing see. yet. Um, there, there's a couple guys who will be having rehab assignments. Um, I, I'll jump to this one too because there's a bit of a question about where he will officially end up. But Tyler Mago will be going. He'll be assigned his rehab assignment today. Um, do, don't know where yet. I would imagine because the Mets are in town. They're home over the weekend against Washington, and then on the road to start the week next week in Pittsburgh. It will probably be either be Syracuse or Binghamton's my bet for for really more Mago. I think Guillaume still. You're looking at probably late next week at the best for his assignment to officially begin, uh, but he's progressed along far quicker, definitely looking more at the front end of the four to six weeks uh, rather than the six end, which is a positive for them at this point. And I just thought about it. It's, it's kind of good that these guys are ready to go out on rehab assignments because mm-hmm. if it's the end of September, you know, minor league seasons are over, right. and then where do they go, you know? So Brett Beatty might not ever have a rehab assignment because where is he going to go? Right. No, 100%. I mean, if you're looking at the early window of the five weeks, I mean, that's the week where AAA teams and AA teams only have three days of games, Monday through Wednesday. So, um, yeah, and at that point, there becomes, I guess, really – although for Syracuse, right, there, there probably won't be as much of an ethical dilemma, but Binghamton, there will be a little bit of an ethical dilemma to that end uh, a little bit. But usually you don't see that too, too much. I mean, if you're rehabbing, you're rehabbing. But you're right, I mean, does – do those three days really matter at that point? Uh, I'd assume probably, you know, and this is a different kind of discussion, but I assume just have them in the big league lineup at that point. Yeah. Uh, all right, Cookie Carrasco threw 55 pitches in a sim game on Monday and then threw another bullpen session yesterday. All positive at the moment per Showalter and the rest of the Mets uh, staff. Uh, so uh, the way it sounds, he'll go again for one more bullpen slash sim game. Just depends upon how uh, things really officially shake out with everybody else. Uh, but uh, they're not too sure if he will need rehab or not. So I would anticipate maybe one rehab start somewhere, uh, maybe Syracuse, maybe Binghamton, maybe Brooklyn. I forgot about Brooklyn. Uh, uh, Brooklyn could be another spot with the Mets being home this weekend too for, for Mago even. Forgot about that. Yeah, just reading these notes, though, the Mets are in such good shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have an easy schedule in September. They're getting players back that obviously are going to be huge in the postseason. They're just in a way better spot looking at the Yankees. Yeah, and I mean, it, again, you know, you mentioned it, but uh, left-handed pitcher Joey Lucchese threw uh, another rehab game with St. Lucie single A yesterday uh, in between his this start and his original rehab start on August uh, 15th. He also uh, threw in relief for St. Lucie. Uh, I think it was about August 21st. So uh, the plan is when Lucchese comes back, he's going to be in the bullpen. But that being said, uh, Another left, another arm specifically left-handed that you can use and, and definitely <laughs> take to your advantage. Um, second baseman Yolmer Sanchez, who was designated for assignment, has been sent to AAA Syracuse. Uh, in an interesting move here, the corresponding move uh, with Beatty being placed on the injured list was outfielder Terrence Gore being selected from AAA Syracuse. Uh, Gore was signed at uh, really the midway point of the AAA season and has made a very uh, big uh, impact with Syracuse so far, kind of anchoring the bottom half of that lineup, and will have another shot in the big league level here. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw the report. Um, 
the Mets September call-ups is going to be Devin Marrero and Adonis Medina. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think a lot of I think the Marrero one's a little bit of a probably true positional replacement for Beatty. Uh, it'll be interesting though, I guess, to to kind of see because I'm pleasantly surprised we aren't seeing a couple other guys kind of pop up there. Mainly, I know Vientos. Uh, kind of sticks out a little bit there. I don't get what the issue with him is. Like, I think they're just playing the service time manipulation game with him. Like, they won't even give him a shot, like, even earlier in the year when Mets fans wanted him up. I, th- I think they're doing the service time thing with him, to be honest, unfortunately. but. And I know he wouldn't play every day if he was up, but, right. so maybe that's also factored in. They want him to play every day, but who knows. Uh, and then right-hand pitcher Steven Nogasek uh, has been sent to AAA Syracuse to begin his rehab assignment, so... Uh, Nogasek obviously kind of has been bouncing between Syracuse and, and the big league club all year a little bit, but uh, look, that's another another arm depth-wise to really potentially rely on moving forward. Yeah, and he did just pitch last night. I remember doing the recap and uh, allowed a, a lot of run, I think, over inning. So. Not bad. Not bad at all. So uh, the Mets have one game left with the Dodgers. That's this afternoon, a 4-10 first pitch. Uh What's TBA on Monday? We know who it is now. It's Clayton Kershaw. His first start back since coming off the IL. Seven and three is two six four ERA for him against Chris Bassett. Eleven and seven, three three four ERA there. Um, cautiously optimistic here. I know Kershaw record says otherwise, but um, you know there have been moments this year where he's really shown. I think his age a little bit, and the Mets are. Going to probably bring out that right-hand heavy lineup to go against Kershaw today. Yeah, and I'm wondering, is Kershaw going to be on, like, a pitch limit today? Right. Um, I would assume so. Mm-hmm. I don't expect him to come out here today and throw 100 pitches, but right. um, I don't know. This game's going to be interesting. Um, I know I said that the Dodgers are going to sweep, and that already hasn't happened. So uh, I still got the Dodgers, though, tonight, but we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I'll take the Mets winning today. Why not? Damn the torpedoes. Um, then after today... I mentioned this a couple of different times over three games against the Washington Nationals tomorrow through Sunday. Uh, good news for everybody here. I'll preface it this way. Uh, to be announced across the board for everybody in this series uh, at the moment. Tomorrow night's a 7-10 first pitch on SNY. Saturday's a 7-10 first pitch on SNY. And Sunday, a 140 first pitch on SNY. So uh, make sure you catch there. Gary, Keith, Ron, who knows who else they'll have. But special guest maybe Timmy Trumpet, <laughs> who knows? Uh, so yeah, I I I'd imagine no matter really what the situation here is, I, I'd imagine a sweep for the Mets over the weekend against Washington. Oh, for sure. So, but that's how we you know we mentioned, and this is a perfect transition, right? You beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, even though you're you know just have to be competitive against them because the Yankees uh, over the course of this West Coast swing specifically have proven that um, they simply cannot do that every now and then. Yeah. They simply are just a mediocre baseball team. Yeah, so uh, Monday was a 4-3 to three Yankee loss to the Angels. Jose Suarez picked up the win there. 5-6, and 4-10 ERA. Frankie Montas, the loss, moves to 4-11, and 11, a 3-9-4 ERA. Jimmy Herget picks up the save, his fourth. Montas, six innings, eight hits, four earned, six strikeouts. Aaron Judge went one for two. A home run, two walks. An RBI run score. I've seen Anthony Rizzo also had a shallow shot coming in the first inning. Um, I guess I'll start here a little bit, and then we can kind of fully get going a little bit here because there's lots of kind of unpack with this series with the Angels. 
Uh, but uh, I didn't think Montas actually threw that bad overall. Just I, I felt like it was another case of the offense really kind of not putting themselves in position to kind of do things most of the time. I mean, obviously, Judge hit what was then his 50th home run of the year uh, with with that his home run, and, and Rizzo got the game going a little bit, but um, just they, they just didn't show up when they really needed to show up. I mean, it's not like this Angels bullpen's that good yeah. for their starters, for that matter. See, I'm kind of a little different. Um, I haven't been too happy with the way his Yankee career started. Oh, no, I, I, I don't disagree there. Um, I mean, the Yankees did give him a 2 nothing lead. I know they only finished with three runs, which is not a lot, but, I mean, their pitching is just, like, yeah. your offense gives you a 2 nothing lead, and you just give it right back up the next inning, and that's just tough. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know what to take away, really, from this game. It's just a rough game. You can't lose to the Angels at all, and they did, and then they ended up losing again, and it's just, I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with the Montas thing either. I mean, he definitely, definitely agree that I think things should be going better than they are. Um, you know, that being said, though, I, I feel like a lot of it is a vibe thing right now with this team. And I, I do want to talk about this after we get through the, you know, the game recaps here. So uh, Tuesday was a Yankee victory, a 7-4 one. Greg Wessert picks up the win, 1-0, a 6-2-3 ERA for him. Mike Maris took the loss, 1-1, a 5-1-7 ERA. Aaron Judge, three for five, home run, three RBIs, two runs scored. It was his 51st on the year. Anthony Rizzo had another home run, including two walks. And Andrew Benintendi, two for five with a home run, an RBI, and two runs scored. Uh, really good game. Obviously, we'll touch on the major news about this with Tyone in just a couple minutes. Uh, obviously, getting hit with the comebacker and being pulled out. But um, that was a pretty good game for the Yankees at the very least, right? I uh, kind of hope that you – we we would have saw this through the whole series, but sorry about that. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, Greg Lester really rebounded nicely in this game uh, compared to really the first couple of outings that he had, where there was a lot of uh, I wouldn't say negativity surrounding him, but certainly uh, areas to improve <laughs> upon. And uh, we came in a, in a tough spot and, and carried the torch for a couple innings. Yeah, and those seven runs I run a stat um, that night was more runs than they had scored in their previous three games. So yeah, so uh, that was quite the quite the win mm -hmm. for the New York Yankees. Yeah. And then last night a three-two loss. Patrick Sandoval got the win, five and nine, a three-zero-two ERA. Garrett Cole the loss, ten and seven, a three-two eight ERA. Jimmy Herget picks up the save, his fifth. Cole seven innings, six hits, two earned, four Ks. Kept you more than in it <laughs> at that point. Aaron Hicks, one for two with an RBI, and then Glaber Torres, one for two, a double RBI and a run scored. Yeah, Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner full off a back-to-back errors. Yeah. Or, so now we can kind of dig into this a little bit. This team, to me at this point, has a lot of striking similarities to the 2017 team. Um, really good team, borderline history pace at, at certain points. I don't know what's going on in the clubhouse at this point. Like, I just don't know. Um, I don't know what the vibe's like. It's all I these players. Me, it seems like it's great. Right. I mean, for me, as a player, and now in the coaching realm, it, you know, the chemistry factor and stuff like that's huge for me. I don't know what's going on. 
again, I, I, I go back to this. I don't know if Boone gets fired unless Cashman gets fired with him. Like, yeah, and with the extension that just happened, yeah. I don't know why fans are even discussing firing him. Right. The only way I think they would even consider it is if the Yankees did officially blow the AL East yeah. and the Rays won that division, and then they were a wild card exit. I think maybe that's more of a chance, but if they win the AL East, they're, he's going to be back. Yeah. It's that simple. I mean, and I don't hate Boone. I actually do think – I don't think he's a great manager by any means at this point, but I do think he's good. I think he's good enough to go somewhere and be successful. But I think he's got to do it on his own. I just – I don't think Cashman's – Cashman's running the show to me. I mean, I, I think a lot of this is just Boone's his puppet. And then we have comments yesterday in the postgame press scrum um, about, you know, IKF. And, you know, I, I saw this last night on Bronx Bomber News that uh, in the media scrum that Booney says that, you know, he's one of the best shortstops in the league. And if, the, if this was last year, yeah, that's a very true comment and a valid comment. But guess what? It's not 2021. It's 2022. And then he went on to, see, he went on to ask the media, like, oh, how many errors does he have? And then nobody answered, and he just sat there with, like, a smart yeah. face on It's like, dude, like, you did not just say that. He could have just said, yeah, he made a tough – or he made an error that he should have – you know, a play that he should have made. But, no, he had to add in that shortstop in the league. Yeah. Like, there's no need for that. It's weird how they're just doubling out at this point. And, look, I am – I'm an IKF guy. Honestly, he's a guy I wanted the Yankees to try and take a run at during the – during the at the deadline last season. Um. And I just I, – I don't know. I, I, at this point, I just I, – I, I don't know. I just feel like the Yankees are just – they're spinning the tires. And that's why I get up with this vibe at this point. Like, it's giving me 2017 vibes where there were a lot of peaks, man. Like, Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge is the one that strikes me the best. It's like he was just carrying the torch all year in 2017 and just like this year and – who knows? Maybe we do lose to Cleveland again. Like that. Like it's wild how the similarities are kind of following along with each other all of a sudden. See, and I think it's time to panic more than ever. I mean, who do they have this weekend? The Rays. Mm-hmm. If the Rays end up sweeping that series, it goes from fifteen and a half to three game lead. Yeah, that's concerning. I, here's the thing. I'm not going to say it's time to panic only because, like, what were we panicking about? We Like, the Yankees, we've seen this before with them at this point. Like, yeah, but and this haven't. is this is a, a good stat here that right up on the screen, like, the Yankees finished August 10-18, and 18, and the only team worse than them with that record in August, I know this part, is the Tigers. And that's their worst month in, a, in more or less since 91, which – uh, you look, you ask older Yankee fans, like, that's a dark time in Yankee history. <laughs> like, there's just no way around it. years ago. Yeah. There's no way around it. Like, that was a dark time in Yankee history, and that was a team that literally was not good, right? I mean, I was meaning any spite to any of the guys there because you had guys like Jesse Barfield on the team and, and team players who were good, but, like, the other guys around them just were not. And, look, this team – in 2022 should have been destined for, for greatness the way everything got started. And it's been lost along the way. This is why I'm saying you should be concerned. I just looked at the schedule. They have three, obviously in Tampa Bay this weekend, then they have four with the twins who are a playoff contender. And then they play the Rays again for three. Yeah. 
if the Rays somehow even take four of six out of those six games and Yankees, you know, kind of stumble against the Twins, like, there's time, like, you should be concerned. Yeah. I just, I, I, I'm not saying, like, I'm not concerned or maybe not to, like, but, like, for me, it's just, like, I, we've seen this before. Like, I, I don't know what, like, I think the time for panicking was, like, at the deadline when, you know, and, again, it's rearing its ugly head, right, is when we trade away, a, like, a guy like Montgomery who, look, I get, he's probably not going to be one of your main studs in October, but, like, you need to get to October 1st to have that opportunity at the end of the day. Yeah, and then, I mean, obviously we see, like, the Pirates on the schedule, weak teams, but, I mean, that doesn't really matter because they can't even beat the A's. I mean, they won two of four, but that's not acceptable. The Pirates are playing good ball. They've lost 15 of their last 19. Yeah, they've won their last two, though. They're they're cover kings. O'Neal's getting warm. They're cover kings, the Pirates. They're like the Houston Texans of football last year. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm sure they'll go and lose both games at Yankee Stadium to the Pirates, so it surprised me. And then they got the Brewers. Like, I don't know. There's just yeah. games this month that it's like. It depends. If, if Pirate if Pirate Ace Zach Thompson's on the bump, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I would not be surprised if the Rays win the AL East. Especially, yeah. if, especially if they play well, like, when they meet each other. Yeah. We're, we're, in, we're entering interesting times when, when the replies in Yankees Twitter is just, you owe me money if you, if you miss the playoffs at this point and stuff like that. So. Let's um let's move on to some news and notes here. Anthony Rizzo dealing with the lower back issue again. Uh, kind of seems to be lingering at this point, and it, it's tough because backs are a tough spot. We've been over this before. And then he came into the game last night, so it's like, yeah. yeah. Apparently, he can be using spot stuff. I don't. I don't know. So Jameson Tyone, this is obviously probably the biggest news and note here going on. Uh, Tyone has been diagnosed with a right forearm contusion. Uh, this comes after. Uh, a comebacker from Luis Renjifo struck him on his start Tuesday night. Um, luckily, x-ray came back negative, no fractures, no nothing. Uh, but the swelling was rough at the time, and uh, hopefully here, uh, they're hopeful that he doesn't miss a start. I think it's co- it could be possible, uh, knowing the Yankees, they'll probably play a smart play um, here. And to be honest, they, they kind of are. I mean, it, not to jump ahead, but in what would be Tyone's spot in the rotation, Clark Schmidt is submitted to be throwing against uh, Tampa this weekend. Yeah, um, obviously good news on Tyone. Um, I would expect him to miss one start too, yeah. especially just knowing the Yankees. But um, I thought immediately when it happened, I didn't think it was a, a big deal. But, I mean, obviously it's your pitching arm. It's right. something to be, you know, worried about. But, yeah, it's good news on him. He's been pretty reliable for the most part. Um Better than Montas, I would think. <laughs> I don't know. For sure. For sure. Uh, Araldis Chapman doesn't have a plan to resume throwing yet. However, uh, the leg infection is continuously improving, which is obviously a big positive at this point. Uh, Matt Carpenter has returned to his home in Texas uh, and yet to resume baseball activities. Also, he has not uh, moved away from the non-weight-bearing stage yet either in his rehab. So, uh, obviously, that was known. Uh, these fractures, uh, the like the one he suffered with uh, when he fouled the ball up in Seattle off his left foot. Um, just everybody is different. We've seen in the past some people return in three weeks, other people's it takes almost a year. Uh, you know, so uh, hopefully everything kind of just continues to just heal up for uh, what who was for you know a few weeks really carrying a Yankee offense. 
Yeah, if he doesn't resume baseball activities in like two weeks, mm. I would start to say that I'm not so sure if we'll see him. Right. Uh, Albert Abreu and Scott Efros both could resume uh, pitching programs. Uh, Efros more than likely will go start one today. Uh, Abreu would be likely over the course of the next couple of days to get his going. Uh, Zach Britton uh, threw off a mound. Um, technically, yesterday I wrote today in the notes on accident, but what are you do? Uh, he is slated to return to rehab uh, assignments over the weekend with Tampa. Nestor Cortez has also started a throwing program, and Luis Severino will be having a rehab start officially with Tampa tomorrow. Uh, good news here, uh, Harrison Bader has been hitting off a tee and is prepping what is called a 10-day ramp-up uh, to get ready to head to minor league rehab games. Jeez, we may never see Aaron Hicks when he's activated. <laughs> uh, which is sad. Hicksy, you know, had a big big spot yesterday and came up clutch for the Yankees. Yeah, finally, just put the ball in play. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. Um, Miguel Castro is thrown off the mound at the Tampa Complex. Clay Holmes officially activated off the IL, as we all know. And then some depth moves here, right-hand pitchers. Tyler Duffy. Jacob Barnes, Wilkin Rodriguez, and then for whatever reason, this guy who I always have bet against this year when he started his handful of games at the big league level, Chichi Gonzalez. <laughs> have all been signed to minor league uh, minor league deals. Uh, presuming, obviously, this is just depth pieces for September. Yeah, Scranton needs a lot of arms. I mean, a lot of trades have happened yeah. and a lot of injuries. So, Pretty good numbers for Tyler Duffy there. Back in 2020. Yeah, I mean, Duffy was uh, arguably the Twins' go-to guy for a number of years and just uh, really over the course of the past season and a half just fallen off for, for one reason or another. Um, I mean, he was a guy that I remember seeing in Rochester when they had the Twins affiliation. So, um, I mean, obviously the, you could catch lightning in a bottle, I feel like, more with Duffy uh, than the other three. I think maybe because they're just more known commodities than the other but um, the Duffy one actually does get me excited because I think there could be some play to see him at the big league club, but it's all said and done by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm also interested to see what the Yankees' September call-ups are, but I think I already know. One, they're going to activate Marlon Gonzalez from the paternity list. So there's 27 guys, and the 28th guy I would expect would be um, either Andujar or is Le- I think LeCastro is down there again. I don't know. They didn't formally send LeCastro back down yet. Okay. So I would say Anduar. Other than that, maybe a pitcher. Yeah. But I don't know who's – I don't know who would be down there that they would have interest in. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. Maybe so, maybe, maybe it's Salzar. That would be interesting. I mean, he he's done well. I mean, he was one of my favorite signings that they kind of just randomly brought in there. <laughs> or I guess Florial, but I mean, the thing is, you're calling these guys up, yeah, and there's no room. Really yeah, I, I, plus, I think with Bader coming back, I, I don't know if unless he's Florial here until back. Bader comes back, I don't know. Yeah, but that's just a tough. That's just a mental gymnastic loop you'd have to jump through. Then at that point, I feel like. Anyway, uh, Yankees, you mentioned right in Tampa Bay this weekend. Off today, uh, the Rays are all TBA on their front for pitching. Friday night, 7-10 on the Yes Network. Domingo Herman gets to start for the Yankees. I mentioned Saturday already, normally Tyone's spot, 6-10 first pitch on Yes. Clark Schmidt will get the call. Excuse me again. I am sorry. I don't know what is going on. Bless you. Thank you. I blame the asbestos from Nate's new apartment. Um, <laughs> Frankie Montas goes Sunday at 140 first pitch on Yes. Nate, you didn't like the joke there? Just a little appalled by that one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Nate. You have a fan. Fake news. 
<laughs> you have a fantastic view from your apartment, though, of of the golf course. It's impeccable. You can there you go. Love it so far. <laughs> Did you see anybody teeing off this morning? No, not this morning. I didn't take a look out there. That's lame. <laughs> you have the optimal optimal view to do the uh, ses- you know the Muppets, the old the old Muppets who are in the balcony just roasting people. Oh yeah. You could be doing that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. I I'd like to imagine the Yankees take two of three because the Rays. Their pitching staff is literally in shambles right now, but I don't know. Yeah, this is a race sweep, and I'm not joking. Oh, wow. Okay. I could see that, too. And they play <laughs> – They the Yankees play terrible in the dump, like terrible. They they I usually – I from what I remember, they win usually one game of the series. It seems like every time they go there, they'll win one game, and if not, they get swept. But, yeah, that's true. Okay. Wow. Well, only a couple of minutes really here to really hit our minor league teams up. Rochester and Syracuse. Rochester home this week against Toledo, obviously. Uh, Tuesday was a 3 nothing loss. But, Nate, your guy, Nicky Twobags, was literally Nicky Twobags in that game. One for two with a double. Andrew Stevenson and John Nagowski also picked, picked up and pitched in a hit. Uh, yesterday afternoon was a 5-4 to four loss for the Red Wings. Jake Lou. Two for four with two doubles, an RBI and a run scored. Nikki two bags again. That was two for four with an RBI double. And then um, new guy on the scene, Wilmer Perez, uh, catcher, went one for one with a pinch hit RBI triple. Yeah, first triple A hit. Yeah. So on the notes, so, pretty cool. Good for him. Uh, right-hand pitcher Zach Birdie has been assigned to single A Wilmington from Rochester. Catcher Israel Pineda was assigned to Rochester from double A Harrisburg. And right-hand pitcher Corey Abbott has been recalled by Washington. Um Reminder that Rochester is home through the weekend. Plenty of uh, action. Should be some decent weather as well to get out and watch them play. Syracuse, they're down in Scranton. Apparently not only the Rail Riders, but also weather. Wednesday, or Tuesday, rather, was postponed due to rain. And then last night, a 6-1 loss to the Rail Riders. JT Riddle, 3-4 for four with an RBI double. Uh, Travis Jankowski, Went one for four with a walk, a run scored, and a stolen bag. Nick Plummer went two for three with a double, a walk, and also stolen base. So, um, tough stuff there for the Mets, obviously. Uh, right-hand pitcher Josh uh, Hedgeka has been assigned to double-A Binghamton from Syracuse. That was a move as outfielder Jake Mangum has returned to Syracuse from double-A Binghamton. Catcher Jose Colina has been transferred to the development list. Uh, Syracuse. They have a doubleheader today against the Royal Riders and finish out the weekend down there. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, these teams, right, I mean, just get some positivity going again there this this week. Obviously, Rochester was in both games so far against Toledo. I mean, that's a strong team. A lot of Tigers' top prospects are just there at this point uh, because Detroit's a mess and a half anyway. And then, um, you know, I'd, I'd expect Syracuse to probably at least get two against the Royal Riders at this point just the way that they've been playing lately. Yeah, um, I would say probably two games. Um, but my takeaway from the one game is if Mike Montgomery is your starter, you're probably not going to win the game. Well, he, he's got to be the de facto fifth guy at this point, right? I mean, guy Either is... him or I don't mean to dunk on, but like I, we, me and Nate saw Harold Gonzalez last Thursday in person. That was that was rough. <laughs> Seems like Mike, Mike Montgomery just throws batting practice most of the time. Yeah. What about our friend uh, Ben uh, Rotebelt? Is he still playing? Oh, yeah. He he went one for four yesterday for Scranton. So, I don't know if he's actually a person, but his box score did indicate that he played. Any shot he puts on the pinstripes this year? No. 
Not at this point. And even if he does, he wouldn't be eligible for the postseason. Correct. Okay, correct. right. Yes. I would imagine uh, he he might be taking Higgy's place on the roster next year. I don't know. That's just my thoughts, but that's a different thought. I think the Yankees are going to be done with a lot of guys. Yeah, but that's a different that's a different thought and a different process line for a different day. So and Aaron Judge is the most important one that they have to make a decision on, right? Well, <laughs> I think they might have made a decision already in a way. I don't. Eventually. I don't feel as confident as I did. No, I. I don't. Coming back. Don't it. blame you. Don't blame you. We'll have to do a special edition portion for him towards the end of this year, right? We have some downtime. Well, I mean, it all depends, right? We'll have to see how postseason kind of goes for the teams and and stuff like that. So one quick thought: yeah. Labor Torres is on his way out. There's no way they keep him. Definitely trade him. I know. I know he's not going to be worth a ton. Cabrera, but you're still going to. Oh, somebody will take a flyer on him. He's still got enough of a bat that somebody would take a take a shot. Yeah, I just I would not expect to see him next year. Especially I don't know. I it, it, I think it depends how things shake out on the other side of the infield. To be honest with you. Yeah, we'll see uh, though. That's just my thought. I mean, I'd I'd assume trying to get rid of Donaldson first before uh before Glaber, but you know. <laughs> and nobody's taking Aaron Hicks's contract, so let's stop with that. I don't know about that. That's a friendly one, but again, different different thought process for a different day. All right, so that take care that takes care of Concrete Jungle for today. Uh, again, just a reminder, programming note: uh, no show Monday. Uh, plan to be back uh, with our usual late night later week spot next week. Um, because of Labor Day, or as Nate enjoys calling it, Labor Day. Uh, so, uh, have an awesome weekend. Any big plans uh, for the long weekend? Um, I'm looking forward to that Syracuse football game Saturday night. I hate you so much. As a proud season ticket holder, I hate you so much. <laughs> Give me a score prediction, Kyle. 40 to 10. Oh, Jesus Louisville. Christ. Wow. Nate, anything fun for you? My Labor Day will be spent down at Samson State Park. Enjoying the great family, outdoors. So, that'll be your... Seneca Lake Resorts, excuse me, but that'll be a good time. Looking forward to that. Spend some time with some family, some R&R, and we'll get back in here on Tuesday. Don't get attacked by bears. I know they're very big and scary down at Samson. There are no bears at Samson. That's nothing I've heard of before. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for boats. (laughs) Anyway. We do have those. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, Concrete Jungle, uh, catch us here on YouTube Live. Catch up anytime on YouTube as well. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, other major podcasting platforms. Have an enjoyable, fun, safe, long Labor Day weekend. We'll catch everybody here next week. See you, everybody.